This episode of Now This Is Lit is brought to you by Audible. Check the link in the description to get your first Star Wars audiobook free. Everyone loves free things. Click that link. Do it. A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. You're listening to Now This Is Lit, a podcast about Star Wars books, the people who make them, and the readers who just can't get enough of them. I'm your host, Meg Dowell. I use she, her pronouns. And it's finally time. You've been waiting, I know. Our Star Wars The High Republic Cataclysm discussion is here. Laura from Force Toast is here. Enjoy. So we're just going to jump into it. I never say that to begin. I don't know why I did, but here we are trying new things. <laughs> um, you're here on the show for the first time. You and I have have done things before. We were on a High Republic um, live show at some point talking about um, how everything made us sad. And somehow here we are again. Um, but I'm so glad um, that you're here and that you agreed to talk about this book with me because uh, when I finished it, I immediately messaged you and I was like, I, I don't know what to do with myself. I can't, I've, you know, we read this like before it actually came out, so we couldn't even talk about it anywhere. So I was like, I need to talk to someone about cataclysm and how much it has hurt me. Um, you, th- you read all these higher public <laughs> books and you think you're going to like get used to the pain and somehow ne- it hurts worse every single time. It really does. I'm so flattered that you immediately reached out to me because I needed somebody to reach out to when I finished reading this book, which I immediately opened as soon as they sent the advanced reader copy out. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, it seems nobody else did that because everybody else was still reading Battle Scars. And so I had nobody to talk to about this absolute devastation that this book reeked on me. So I'm ecstatic to be here. And I'm so flattered that you reached out to me so that we could commiserate together once it was all over. Yeah. I mean, you are such a, a huge fan of the High Republic and um, which is great. I I love seeing how many people are just um, devouring these books. Um, it, it's, there wasn't really anything like this in terms of Star Wars books before the High Republic, where so many people were just like, losing it over a Star Wars book. Um, and here we are with the High Republic just making us feel things. And um, it's great and it hurts. Um, but, you know, it's it's great that we have, uh, you know, it's, it's built, it's formed a community around itself. And um, people can just talk about the books together and um, discuss it. And it's great um, because books are not meant to be read alone. I mean, they are, you read by yourself, but then when you're done after that, you go find people. Um, it's kind of like therapy because you read these books and you're like, I need to process. Um, I need to try to understand what is going on. Um, it's kind of good that we're getting a little bit of a break after, uh, Path of Vengeance comes out. Oh, next week. What? I know. I'm going to, I'm definitely going to need some time to recover. I'm sure because I needed a lot of time to recover from this book. I remember taking a, a very long break. I had every intention of like reading it again, which I did because then we shortly after got the audio book. And so I was able to dive back into that, um, which is delightful, but yeah, yeah, this was, this was like pure devastation. It Mm -hmm. hurt a little bit. Um, but I um, am looking forward to Path of Vengeance just wreaking havoc on my emotions all over again. I imagine that's what's going to happen once it comes out. I mean, it's Kevin Scott. So like we pretty much have to expect that um, uh, there will be um, sadness. Yes. And he's he's not sorry about it. And um, that's fine. You know, (laughs) I've accepted it. They don't care. I mean, they they care, but um, yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) before we talk about the book, um, let's talk about you because you came all the way here. I mean, like you didn't have to go very far to record, but <laughs> you came onto the show and uh, let's talk about you and talk about um, your your Star Wars uh, fandom, particularly books. Um, everyone kind of has their own um, 
entry point into Star Wars books. And they're kind of like, this is how I discovered them. This is how I fell in love with them. So um, how how did that happen for you? How did, um, do you remember your first Star Wars book? I do, because it really wasn't that long ago. Like mm-hmm. I'm fairly, I'm a relatively new Star Wars fan mm-hmm. as far as things go. Like I kind of came into the fandom around like Force Awakens, Star Wars Rebels era. Mm-hmm. Um, so I... I met my friend Alice here in Chicago at like Star Wars pub trivia. And I, you know, she and I needed an outlet for all of this like in-depth knowledge we had um, for, for our show. Uh, And so we, yeah, we created our podcast and then that led to the movie trivia showdown, which led to, you know, all this other great stuff. But part of reading for me was like, just kind of staying in it. Like a lot of it was like sort of centered around like trivia Mm -hmm. studying and just kind of making sure everything was sort of fresh and that I was up to date with the canon at all times. And um, that was really kind of what my initial motivation I think was. Mm -hmm. Um, But my first my first Star Wars book was Ahsoka. That was the first one I read. Um, and I remember it was, it was kind of an adjustment. And I remember I told people later, like, if you have like a favorite character in Star Wars, like maybe don't make that your first book, like (laughs) find a different book. So to just to kind of get you used to like what it's like reading Star Wars, because it's, it's really an adjustment. I think going from seeing the grandeur of what you get on screen to Mm -hmm. trying to like kind of get into imagining it yourself. So I I think I struggled with that a little bit at first, but it was like my first read through. I was like addicted by the end of it. I mean, I jumped right into a new dawn after that. And Mm -hmm. then I was into like the um, aftermath trilogy. Like I just, and then it just never stopped. So Mm -hmm. I've, I've read most of the Canon novels. I haven't read all of them, Mm -hmm. but, um, yeah, and this with High Republic, I try to stay up to date, definitely with like, you know, the the adult and the young adult stuff. But yeah, it all kind of started with like trying to make sure that like just even for like just pub trivia around the city when Alice and I were doing making the rounds that reading the books was really one of those things that just kind of kept us in the world besides just watching the movies over and over again, which can kind of get old. Like this yeah. kind of kept us going. Yeah, and I mean, there's so many books there's so many Star Wars books just in general, but like now, especially with the last few years, there's so many Star Wars books coming out that it's almost impossible to keep up. It is. And it's, it's just like, I mean, I think it was last year, it was every month except for two, I think, where a new Star Wars book came out. And that's not including obviously comics. It's not including reference books or anything else that comes out. So that's like a lot of books to keep up with. Um, So definitely like, yeah, there are a lot of people who are like, I want to have read all the canon books. And I'm like, that is a great goal. But if you don't get there soon, it's going to be fine. <laughs> and then it's it's like, because there's a lot of books to keep up with, but then there's just a lot of stuff within those books to also kind of keep track of. And especially if you're doing something like trivia and you want to remember, like I have a really hard time remembering things that happen in books. So I have to like keep at least like, some sort of outline of like the major things that happen because I'll forget like there are books I haven't read in like five or six years and I'm like I remember two things that happen and nothing else um so yeah it's it's so fun um to have all this new stuff coming out and to be able to pick and choose what you want to keep up with um especially with the higher public because the higher public all of it comes out or at least it has so far very, very fast. Um, thankfully in phase three, they're slowing it down a little bit, Yeah. Um, which I think will help. Um, it'll help people catch up um, if they're still behind and it's fine if you are. Um, but I think it'll help us kind of absorb what we're reading a little bit better um, because now it's like we've gotten, we'll have gotten three new books in like the span of a month. And that's a lot. Um, yeah. I'm very grateful that they're spacing out phase three a little bit when they went through that timeline at celebration. I was sitting there. I was just so relieved. I'm like, this is, this is gonna be so much better. Um, cause I really would love to be able to like keep up with the comics as the high Republic goes along. And I, I did a decent job of it in phase one. Like I remember like waking up and like having book of Boba Fett on Wednesdays and having a comic to read. And it was like, Mm -hmm. Wednesday was just like the best day ever. Cause like high Republic comics and like, Oh man, it was, it was amazing. Um, but this, I'm like phase two, man, I've struggled. Like I can't keep up with the comics this time. I have to Mm -hmm. kind of pick and choose. 
Um, I haven't been able to keep up with the middle grade books. Like it's just like, bam, bam, bam. It's all of these are, it's a little bit too fast for me. So I'll be grateful for the slowdown and for the break for sure. Oh yeah. And and it'll be good to have, um, cause that all starts up in the fall again. It'll be nice. Like I I love the higher public, um, but it will be nice to also get some other star Wars books in between that. Um, a, a couple of them, not too many, but um, as much as I love the higher public, sometimes you need something else. Um, yeah. So it'll be good to um, get Delilah Dawson back in here, um, get some short right. stories. Um, really excited for um, Fakpov Return of the Jedi. Um, yeah, Rise a, of the Red yeah. Blade. I'm very much looking forward to that. I can't wait to have another Delilah Dawson book in Star Wars. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, she's And she's very good. So. I mean, she gave us Phasma, so I'm I am happy. Me too. I also really enjoyed the book Black Spire. That Me was too. one of those books that like, I remember when we reviewed it on Forces, for whatever reason, it was like one of our more highly listened to episodes. Mm. I have no idea why. I don't know what the different, what changed, but mm-hmm. it was, that was a particularly fun conversation and it was really cool how well received it was too. Yeah. I I like that book. We won't talk about it for too long, but I like that book because it very much could have been like, this is an advertisement for a theme park. And it wasn't. For sure. Yeah. It wasn't. It didn't feel like that at all. It was very um, immersive, but in a good way. Amen. It's almost like they know what they're doing over there in- uh, Right? Weird, right? (laughs) (laughs) It's like they've been doing this for a while or something. I don't know. Yeah. And the High Republic definitely would not exist if um, they didn't know what they were doing. I can't believe- I just- I'm constantly in awe of what they've managed to accomplish and how they've been able to bring together all these stories, all these authors, and they're adding more authors. And it's like, that's a lot of stories and characters to manage, to keep track of, but like they got it. They're doing so good. Yeah. It's really great. I mean, especially I think with like this phase, phase two, it seems a lot I think even somehow even more consistent in terms of like the characters. I mean, we've got these like different authors that have been writing these books and somehow they're able to put their own spin and their own style into things. And yet the characters still feel very consistent. Their voices still sounds the same. Like it's just, it's really, I I mean, I'm like awestruck when I look at this phase Um, and not to like compare it to phase one, but like, Mm -hmm. I sometimes kind of feel that like, Avar Chris in Light of the Jedi is kind of a different Avar Chris that's in like the comics. Like she yeah, goes through yeah. a lot of like development, a lot of yeah. like a lot of crap in that in that comic or whatever. But yeah. it's just like it, it's it's interesting because sometimes sometimes it just kind of doesn't feel like the same character. But phase two, it's like yeah. whatever experiments they tried in phase one, they perfected things yeah. to like a really insane degree in phase two, and I really appreciate that. Yeah. I really loved how between Convergence and Cataclysm, because it shares a lot of the same characters, you know, these books are written by different writers, but you read them and you're like, that character, like the characters are the same. Yeah. Um, it's like seamless. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's really great. And like the fact that they're able to, because the only way they can do that is kind of like following each other's progress as they go and like reading what they're writing as they're going. And they all have the backgrounds of all the characters and they know like, you know, why is a character doing this or why are they doing that? Um, it's just, it's so cool that they, I, you know, <laughs> collaboration um, is important, but also it gets us like things like this, where you have three or four authors having to coordinate on one story because it features characters from stories they've all worked on before. Um, and I, one of the things I love most about Cataclysm was that it was a like perfect continuation of Convergence despite the fact that not the same author, but, right? uh, you know, here we are and it's oh, so good. And we're almost going to talk about the book. I promise. Um, <laughs> but I, because you are such a huge higher public fan and I just wanted to ask kind of, um, what was it about the higher public when it started that kind of really drew you in? You know, it's really hard to say because I remember mm-hmm. thinking like I remember being a, like slightly put off actually about the like <laughs> time jump yeah. back in time because I remember sort of thinking like, OK, mm-hmm. is this going to be like a 
like Knights of the Old Republic thing. Oh, and yeah. I feel like the like Knights of the Old Republic, those are like the gamers, Star Wars fans. And yeah. it's like a very specific sort of section of the fandom. And I am not involved with that section of the fandom. So I yeah. feel a little bit like left out now. I'm like, am mm-hmm. I not going to know what's going on? Because yeah. I didn't have that background. So I had like a lot of like anxiety about going into, you know, the High Republic to begin with. Yeah. And I remember like being also very drawn in because when you talk about like this golden age mm. of the Jedi, I remember kind of thinking like, oh, okay, it's going to be like, like an F Scott Fitzgerald. Like it's going to be like the great Gatsby, but like star <laughs> Wars. I'm like, hell yeah. Like that sounds, <laughs> that sounds awesome. Um, and then I remember reading that first chapter of light of the Jedi. And I remember very distinctly because I feel like it was, it was during the pandemic, I think, because I think I was doing a puzzle and I'm like, why would I have been doing a puzzle if it wasn't a freaking worldwide pandemic? Um, but I was doing a puzzle and I was listening to the audiobook of it. And I remember just like that first chapter, just like sobbing yeah. by the end of it. I was like, this is how I don't know any of these characters. I don't know who any of these people are. And yet immediately Mm. with no warning whatsoever, I am immediately attached to this time period, to this care, these characters, to this ship that they're all on, to this whole situation. And it took like nothing at all. Like one chapter of one book. I'm like, how it's magic. It's just, I'm like, how do you people do this? Like, that's just, (laughs) it's insane. Yeah. And it was so in a way risky for them to do this because they'd never really done anything like this, especially in canon. And um, to be able to say like, hey, we're doing this publishing initiative. It's going to be all these different books and some comics and maybe some other things. Um, We don't know how it's going to go, but here's this era of Star Wars you've never had before. Let's just go for it and see what happens. And like, I don't think anyone really knew what to expect. I remember kind of being like, I'm not sure how I feel. Um, right. And I it, I think for me, it was like, I read Light of the Jedi and I was like, this is fine. And I didn't really like connect with it. But then I read um, the two books that came after that. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like I understand now how they're trying to like connect things. And mm-hmm. I went back and I read Light of the Jedi again. And I'm like, okay, I get it. I'm sold. We're here. Um, and we knew from the beginning that it was going to be three phases of all these stories so we knew it was going to go for a while and by the end of that first wave I was like I am I'm ready like just take me on this year long years long journey we're gonna have a great time and we have I mean we cry a little bit um but you know what it's all worth it because everyone's going to end up sort of fine uh, depending on who you're talking about I guess (laughs) You're like, oh, oh, you cried a little bit. That's interesting. I cried a lot. I've cried <laughs> a lot over the higher public. Uh, but you know, it's funny that you mentioned like that reread of Light of the Jedi. It's mm. crazy how many things connect on that second read through yeah. of that. Once you've read some of those other novels, it's like yeah. that makes a massive difference when you go back. And I know a lot of people sort of talked about like how, you know, the light of the Jedi, there's a lot of new characters that are introduced. Mm-hmm. I totally yeah. get that. It's mm-hmm. hard to keep yeah. everybody straight. Yeah. Once you're familiar with the sort of era and all of the characters that sec that first read through or reread of light of the Jedi that mm-hmm. hits different. Yeah. If you haven't gone back and reread all of phase one yet, you guys get on it. I, mm-hmm. I promise it hits different. It's great. Yeah. And I can't wait to reread phase two when it's all over because for me, phase two has definitely been like, I I've gotten attached faster yeah. Um, yeah. to all the characters. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's insane. I'm like these, and I think that's like that consistency and that like yeah. consistency and voice of these characters, but I had the same thing and I was mm-hmm. not happy when they were like, we're going to go back in time no. for this next phase. I'm like, okay, I'm very attached to Avar Chris and Elzar man right now. Yeah. And mm-hmm. now you're ripping them away from me. Like, what is this? Like, I remember being so angry, <laughs> but like, I knew that I was going to be wrong. I knew that I was going to be eating my words because mm-hmm. like, of course, immediately path of uh, deceit drew me in, Mm. sucked me into phase two. And I have just never looked back. I've been attached to all of these characters from the Mm. get-go. It took like no effort on their part whatsoever. I was in. You know, we had to leave some characters behind in phase one and that was sad, but then we got Ziri and Fontu and I have never been this attached to a Star Wars ship ever in my life. And I'm like, they're perfect. They're not perfect, but also they're perfect. They are. (laughs) Please 
let nothing terrible happen to them. <laughs> that is so it. funny that you're like, I've never been that attached to the ship. No, I, never. So this is, this is my thing in Star Wars is that like, I get attached to ships. That is <laughs> what Star Wars is for me, like a hundred percent. I mean, it started with like Kanan and Hera <laughs> and like it just, then I just never looked back. Like any opportunity for there to be a ship, I'm going to be shipping it. <laughs> um, but yeah, Ziri and Fontu, I'm just like, these two care. I don't even know how to like describe this couple. Like she's almost kind of like, like a Han Solo or mm-hmm. something. Yeah. And like, but he, and he's actually a lot like Leia. It's like, it, it's this yeah. crazy connection that just works and I I can't explain it but yeah you just get so attached to them just Mm -hmm. instantly and like I think part of it is that like Fontu comes off as like this innocent Mm -hmm. little like in the audiobooks he's got a little bit of like himbo vibes I don't know if that comes across (laughs) when you like read it physically but he comes off a little himboy a little bit elzar man himbo vibes coming off in the audiobook and it just works and it makes him seem even cuter and even more innocent I just love that (laughs) And uh, j- just in case, um, spoilers for the end of this book, they end up fine, yeah. um, which it makes me happy. But also when this book ended, I was like, we're, we're going to get more of them, right? Like, right. please don't let this be the end <laughs> This is like, for, the, for the one couple that I actually care about. Yeah. I'm like, oh, what? Yeah. wait a minute. Like, or we're, we're going to pick back up with them and like Path of Vengeance, right? Like that's going to, this isn't going to be the end. I'm like, here's my, here's my hope. Mm-hmm. I'm really hoping that they do the sort of similar thing that they've done with the age of the rebellion that we are all so familiar with in, mm-hmm. in the canon, like between the prequels and sequ- or prequels and originals mm-hmm. where like, eventually we will go back and start picking up some of these story threads yeah. again, mm-hmm. even if it's not like right away that eventually they'll go back and be like, okay, like what happened with Ziri and Fontu after their yeah. world, like this war was all settled and everything. Yeah. And like, did their parents end up finally getting along yeah. a little bit? Was that able to stick or did we just go back to like, <laughs> bickering constantly I mean like stuff like that is stuff that I would love to go back and explore and I hope that that's the intention is that someday they will take us back to that even if we're not going to be able to like see everything through at the end of this phase yeah oh my hope is like because theoretically this is, is all supposed to be over in 2025 um but seeing how attached everyone is to the higher public and the higher public now being its own era of all these stories like I I have to hope that at some point they'll start just treating this as any other era and every once in a while you'll get another book that's set in the higher public and it's not part of the same like series but you know you get you get a random book in you know in between return of the jedi and force awakens or you get a million books in between um revenge of the sith and a new hope like i'm hoping that it will become kind of that where you just get books in every era and we get more higher republic and even if it's not every year or, um, you know, nearly as much as we get now. I hope they revisit it because it's so, um, the stories are so good and the era is so interesting. And we still don't like in compared to all the other Star Wars stories we have, we still don't have a lot in the high Republic. So there's always room for more. I think Yeah, there's a lot to explore. I think, I think you're yeah. totally right. And I think that, you know, I'm sure that a lot of these authors who, especially the, you know, are sort of original five that have been mm the story architects of this entire era and have been working on this for God knows how long, I'm sure they're going to want like a break to like go off and like go do other things. And maybe that's what they're doing now. I don't know. And that's why we've got all these new authors in phase two, but like, I imagine they'll want a little bit of, bit of a break, which is fair. And like, they'll come back and want to explore some other eras and like what happened between Marta Rowe and Martian Rowe. Like let's fill in some of those gaps there and maybe they'll, they'll come back and revisit it. That's my hope anyway. Yeah. I suppose we'll see. Um, thankfully, we still have a couple more years ish of the High Republic to go. So, um, anything could happen in that time. I guess. <laughs> I guess we'll see how much more pain we have to endure. Um, <laughs> we do this to ourselves, though. I mean, we keep we reading. We don't have yeah. to. No one's yeah. making us do it. We're begging for it. We just want to be heard, and we want Kevin Scott to be the one who does it. Oftentimes, oh. <laughs> yeah. and he happily obliges. Yep. He just he keeps doing it. He keeps saying yes. I will do another one. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about Cataclysm, which is the book we're technically here to talk about. But you know what? Every High Republic discussion I have ends up just being a discussion about the High Republic as a whole because it's <laughs> so good. Um, it is. It's so good. And it's so 
loved by so many, um, which is why we keep talking about it. And if you don't <laughs> like it, we're going to keep talking about it anyway. So too bad for you. <laughs> sorry. Not sorry. The relationships in this book and in a lot of the higher public, but especially this book, I felt were like some of the most, I'll say, I'll use the word realistic. Um, that we've gotten in Star Wars in a minute um, because, you know, it's Star Wars. And sometimes like you have, you have to just um, sensationalize things. But like, I feel like, like the relationship between like Axel and his mother, or you have Ziri and Fonty, or you even have Yaddle and Sippa, which I have a lot to say <laughs> about them because like, you're reading this book and you're like, I know Lydia Kang is a mother because like no one else could have written this. Um yeah. Right. Um, but I just I love um how relatable it all is. And you wouldn't think that because it's Star Wars, it's some fictional universe in a galaxy far, far away. But um there's these relationships that you can really in some ways kind of relate to. And I like that a lot. Um, and I think that's one thing in this book and in the larger High Republic that really works. Um, I think it's one thing that a lot of people resonate with. Um, is like, oh, like this um mother-son relationship like I kind of I feel that you know yeah there's you know I think that I'm glad you brought up Axel and Kyung because there is I think for a lot of millennials in particular there's a mm -hmm. lot of generational trauma yeah when it comes to millennials and, and their boomer parents um so I found their relationship um really interesting and very it felt very real and it felt very uh relatable unfortunately in some ways yeah. so i i really admired that and that just it it felt very grounded i think in our in our real world um and I, that like another relationship i really have enjoyed and i you know we've talked a little bit about shipping but like gella and axel mm -hmm. for me like that relationship is just one of the most interesting for me to follow mm -hmm. because axel is such a an interesting complex character mm -hmm. and to see him go on this journey to you know and how his relationship with gella evolves mm -hmm. from where it started is so interesting and so fun and so rewarding um until we get to the end of this book and then i've got a little bit of an issue with how it ends. oh no um but i think one of the other more relatable relationships in this book for me mm. is Creighton's son and Ada Forte. Mm. It feels so much like my, like some of my working relationships. Yeah. Like I've been at my same job for nine years now, wow. which is unusual. Um, it been, I, and I've also mostly been working with the same people mm -hmm. for the, for the last nine years, which is even more unusual. Um, but the way that that sort of intimacy kind of plays into how you work together. Yeah it felt so familiar in Creighton and in Ada. So that that relationship stuck out particularly well in Battle of Jeddah. And, and I think that carried over very well into this book. Yeah, agreed. I, I loved their relationship. Um, and, you know, it's sad ugh, in some ways. <laughs> it um, ugh. Ugh, yeah, it hurts. It's going to continue ugh. to hurt for a while. Um, <sighs> but I mean, it's it's their relationship that kind of makes like that impact <laughs> makes the impact more impactful. It's not what I wanted to say, but, um, I get it. No, that's, that's it, it. It hits harder, you know, yeah. like it just like it, it hits different. It does. Oh. Um, man, we got to talk about Axel. Um, yeah, <laughs> this, this boy, I'm going to call him that, um, really just like he, he's written so well because like, I want to hate him so much, right? Um, but you can't, and especially in this book, because he has that moment in this book where he's like, I understand that I have done things I should not have done. Um, and to be in that position that he's in where like, it's too late, but also like, is it, is it? Um, yeah. Yeah, it's it uh, that was really sad um to see him kind of go through that but like the growth is important and for him to start the book off where he is where he's just lying to everyone to get where he thinks he has to be and what he has to do and who he wants to please and all these things and you get to him at the end of the book and he's just like i you know i'm a i'm a bad person um <laughs> but 
No, I mean, that's it. Like the way he goes from being so manipulative, yeah, you know, like even more so at the beginning of this book, I think he's even like more of a manipulative individual than he is in convergence. And it's, it's so, (laughs) it's so interesting. And I think that this is one of the more like rewarding journeys Mm -hmm. and storylines in the high Republic phase two Mm -hmm. is going on this journey with Axel and this growth and this evolution with him and ending up where we end up with him in Gela and his mother in that hospital room where he's like sitting and waiting for her to wake up. And I'm just like, Oh my God, these two just tear my heart out. Like by these two, I'm like Gela and Axel and also Axel and his mother. Like, it's just it's so, it, it's just, it's a fantastic journey. He's such yeah. a complex character mm-hmm. and you would think that because of that, it would be hard to sort of carry over that consistency from one book and one author to the next. And it still somehow flows so seamlessly. Yeah. It's so impressive. Yeah. It's brilliant. Um, because like, you know, there is a difference in him, but it's purposeful and it's not like, it's not an inconsistent, like, oh, like this writer approached it differently. Like it's, it's the same, like you literally feel like you're leaving off and then starting right back where you were, which is how it's supposed to be. Um, but I just, I love um, how it ends with him like realizing like he has people that care about him, which is really like what he needed the whole yeah. time. Um, you know, Star Wars, sometimes it hurts and sometimes it's it's just, it makes you feel good. Um, even when you're feeling bad, you feel good, which does that make sense? I guess it does. <laughs> Yeah, I know exactly how you're feeling because yeah, at the end of this book, I mean, like I was, so, I, I remember like powering through, it was so late at night and I really needed to go to bed and I needed to not be staying up late reading, but I was buried in a sea of Kleenex. Like oh. I was, the end of this chapter was so freaking sad. Yeah. And like part of it, like, yes, there are like our sort of major character death at the end is really sad, but part yeah. of it was like that departure yeah. and that separation of, of Gela and and Axel in seeing her try to process her emotions and acknowledge, you know, what is this and what isn't this and how am I going to not get over it and avoid it, but how am I going to acknowledge it and get through it was a really beautiful journey to witness for Gela um, as well. Especially since like, I mean, here's this character that was supposed to go off and go on this journey Mm -hmm. of way seeking off who knows where not in like our the heart of our story by any means Mm -hmm. and she just keeps getting dragged back into it and along this journey of course with Axel in tow um and it's really beautiful how they part ways um however I do they did acknowledge that he you know was falling for her in convergence Mm -hmm. he acknowledges it and I think he even has a sort of confession in this book too. Mm -hmm. And I wish that they would have just gone like a little bit farther with it with Gela. Just like had a little bit, you know, I don't want to say that she's cold, but that Mm -hmm. separation that she has and that hard line that she draws in the sand, I wish there just would have been a little bit of give on her part with yeah. Axel, but I, I understand why it's not that way, yeah. but I'm like, you're a way seeker. I'm like, you get a little bit more freedom yeah. here. Like this would be the character to do it with. If you're right. going to do it, like just to push that, that relationship a little bit further. Mm-hmm. I would have loved to have seen something just a little bit further on the lines of romance, yeah. but I get why they didn't. We have mm-hmm. it with Ziri and Fontu. We don't necessarily need to yeah. romantic couples, but I'm still like, I was still rooting for it. And to this day, I still am rooting for it. <laughs> it's it's hard because like in this era like you can do more with you know jedi or force sensitive uh people who have feelings for Mm -hmm. other people and you can kind of explore that more and kind of showcase how they are allowed to and able to in some cases like really process their emotions and like try to understand even if they don't act on their feelings like what are the feelings that I'm having. And, you know, we got that to an extent, but you're right. There could have been more. And um, I feel like with this book, there was just too much. Um, there was just a lot. <laughs> there was a lot that had to happen. And like, you got to make choices, you know, yeah. which is, you know, books can do a lot more in terms of like going in depth with certain characters than like a show or a movie can, but they still have limitations. Like as much as you want, like a 700 page Star Wars book. Um, I mean, Timothy Zahn got, close-ish but we're never gonna get there (laughs) (laughs) 
no, I mean, you're totally right. And this is just like a personal thing for me yeah, because yeah. my, my, like my number one thing that I want in Star Wars all the time is romance. Right. Right. And right, I just right. never, I will never get enough of it. It'll just, Ugh. because that's just not exclusively what Star Wars is. And I acknowledge I and accept that, but <laughs> I just want more of it always. And I will continue to uh... want more of it always. And that's just who I am. And I can't apologize for that. I mean, like, I think we do need more romance in Star Wars. I mean, the level of it that we get, like, it is, is fine for Star Wars. Um, because like, yeah. you, you know, you have, uh, Han and Leia in the original trilogy and you have, you know, all these other relationships and other movies and shows and things. Um, but I think there could be more dedicated stories. I mean, we do have a couple like straight romance books, um, but I think we could we could do more. So, you know, when we, when we stop the High Republic, um, when that's over, um, you know, maybe more romance. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, we talk all the time about like genre jumping in yeah. Star Wars. People are always just like, what kind of like genre do you? I'm like, people are like, oh yeah, let's do horror. I'm like, do romance, <laughs> ma'am. Yes. I'm like, I need a little bit more, like push it a little bit further. Mm-hmm. Like we got some like good romantic content in Lost Stars. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there really has not been a lot. Mm-hmm. since then so I just need it like let's let's branch out a little bit mm-hmm. beyond the Star Wars genre mm-hmm. bending like let's maybe go in that direction a little bit I don't know like maybe Claudia Gray writes it I, or maybe mm-hmm. maybe we bring Christy Golden in to write more I don't Ooh, know yeah. <laughs> did you read A Crash of Fate um okay I didn't because Alice oh. did and she was like this book is weirdly horny and I was like okay that should have been my clue to read it because I knew that is not what she's into by any stretch of the imagination and that is what I'm into Mm -hmm. but I don't know like I I heard I listened to sort of her (laughs) review of it and I was like okay maybe I can skip this one but I need to go back and read it like I said I haven't read every canon novel right but I do so I do have a couple I need to catch up on and Mm -hmm. when we have this nice break coming up maybe that's one little hit well, I mean, it's if you're looking for romance, it is it is the closest thing we will get to like a straight, just fully romance novel in Star Wars, probably for a minute. It's a Radica Drova. It's mm-hmm. two best childhood friends who separate and then they come back together and they have like a whole day and things happen. I think you're going to love it. You have to read it and then yeah. come back and talk about it because I think I think it's your thing. Yeah. I think it's- and you know, you would think that battle scars probably would have been my thing too. And it was not. <laughs> no. So it, I think it's, it's a hit or miss situation. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, I got to figure out exactly what it is, but I know that they hit it in lost stars and they hit it in mm-hmm. dark disciple. Yeah. And I'm still kind of waiting for another one to hit as hard as those two for me mm-hmm. when it comes to like romantic relationships in star Wars. Well, my hope is that uh, we get more romance. Yes, I also yeah. hope that. I also want it on screen too. For the record, yes. whoever's listening, please take notes. I would like it on screen as well. I mean, you're just saying that because you wanted Dinbo to happen in the Mandalorian. Hey, listen, I didn't come here to be called out. Okay. I got called out by Christian Harloff on his show. I got called out by everybody on my show that I've been on. But no, I am here to be called out actually. And you're damn right. For the record, I'm also fine with Bo-Katan in the armor. I'm down for that shit too. Pardon my French. Like I, (laughs) yeah, I'm 100%. I prefer Din and Bo, but armor and and Bo is also acceptable. I mean, I'll accept it. It's fine. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe we don't know what, what's going to happen in season four, but I guess, uh, Anything could happen because we have no idea. So maybe. Right. And it's like so far away. I'm like, who knows what's going to happen in that time? Like, and who's going to join, join the picture and leave the cast and join the cast Mm. and hopefully have their face more on screen Uh, in the cast. We'll see. We'll see. Well, it's just the way that they ended season three. It's kind of like, you could do anything, but it's like, Mm they, my thing with like, the way that they brought Grogu back is like they're not going to take him out. Like I don't, I don't think they, I don't think they want to do that to themselves. Um, but you mean I like take we'll Grogu see. out of the equation? Yeah, I mean yeah. because they they seemed like they were going to. I thought that they might actually just like he's gone after season two and that's it. But um, 
I don't think, I mean, I, I did actually love his arcs in season three. I think I became a Grogu stan um, somehow. I don't know, but. Um, it's actually remarkable that you weren't a Grogu stan before that. That's, I, that's crazy to me, actually. Like, good for you. Like, I, honestly, they're, whatever intention they originally had, if it was to, like, ditch him at some point, mm-hmm. not going to happen. I mean, merchandising-wise, the moneymaker that Grogu is, I don't think he's going anywhere anytime soon. Well, that's, like, one of the reasons I have been meh about him is because I'm a Funko Pop collector. And do you know how many Grogu Funko Pops there are? Well, because it's, it's not even just, it's not even just Funkos, it's everything. I mean, it's, it's everything. everything. He's everywhere. Yeah. I, you, you can't walk into like any store that sells toys and not see, I mean, but like it works. I mean, I don't he's know. Awfully, he's awfully cute. You know, uh, I'm like, you can't even go to a Lizzo concert now without seeing Grogu. Yeah. <laughs> so like, he truly is omnipresent. Speaking of Grogu, um, let's talk about Yaddle. Oh my God. Yes. Wow. Okay. Yaddle in this book. I mean, I have to ask you one question because this has been bothering me and I need to see if I have lost my mind. Um, so you, you watched, oh no, what is the name of Tales of the Jedi? Is the, yes. Okay. When you were just reading cataclysm before you listen to the audiobook or anything mm-hmm. did you hear when yaddle was talking did you hear bryce dallas howard's yaddle voice yeah i did because i did and i was like i i don't know if this is normal or not but uh <laughs> i really appreciated having that context actually like it was <laughs> it was it brought the character even more to life than i yeah. think it would have otherwise and then like the audiobook it's sort of different it's executed a little differently mm-hmm, and yeah. that's it's all well and good people yeah. you know these narrators can do what they want but yeah. it's um it, it worked really yeah. well i think having had that recent yaddle on screen appearance right before yeah. we got to this book it was yeah. really good timing yeah and I, I just i loved having her in this book um just the fact that we're kind of rotating Jedi and we get different Jedi kind of throughout these different stories. It was nice to have um, her and her experience and her kind of viewpoint on things. Um, I really enjoyed it. And I'm also um, on top of now apparently being a Grogu stan. um, This is also a Sippa stan podcast. Um, (laughs) Something about her character. I just can't get over it. I'm like, I, I need to protect this child. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's funny. I, um, I'm not quite as on board with, with that. I (laughs) I sort of found her a little bit draining, Mm -hmm. but again, this is my personal thing. Like I'm not, I don't like, I'm not, I don't like kids. So that was a little, it was a little bit, maybe too much SIPA Mm -hmm. content for me, (laughs) but out of respect for this SIPA Stan podcast, I will say her relationship with her two guardians in this book that weren't Mm -hmm. Yaddle, the two like Republic guards was really adorable. I mean, like the end where like one of she like grabs their hand and like holds Mm -hmm. her hand. It was like, oh my God, like (laughs) just rip my heart out and eat it right in front of me. Like it's just, it was so devastating and so perfect Mm -hmm. um, and really well executed in terms of like how that character really kind of melted their hearts. It was great to see. <laughs> the way I look at it as is um, kids are actually that annoying <laughs> and they are just that much all the time. Um, so like poor Yaddle, like she's just at like the <laughs> yeah. end of her rope. Like, she's just like, we're not going to have a lot of time by ourselves. So I'm just going to enjoy this 20 minutes that I get <laughs> yeah. 20 minutes of reprieve until she's back in our orbit. Just let's just enjoy this. The adult time we're getting. <laughs> so perfect. Oh, um, oh, I don't know how to transition into sad things, but we're going to do it anyway. <laughs> um, oh, the pain. I mean, you, you can't read Cataclysm and not talk about the pain because the last third of this book is I, I just I, I like I felt my heart sinking just lower and lower the more I read. I was like, you're, you're really going to do this to me. Um, was there yeah. a particular moment 
when you were reading this book that you were like, oh, I hated the path of the open hand before, but now they're absolutely the worst and I can't with them even yeah. more than before. <laughs> yeah, no, there, there was a very clear moment for me. Mm-hmm. And that moment was when we get the sort of insight that they were using the elderly path mm. members as shields. Mm. That was so despicable yeah. and so awful. I mean, like that, that's just downright sick and disgusting. Yeah. So that was, that's what really put it off for me. And it's interesting because it's like in Battle of Jetta, it's like we get that sort of moment with like Salandra show and mm-hmm. the mother yeah. where there's, they kind of come to like an understanding with each other and you you almost have like you're like oh like maybe this is what maybe it's not going to be like as bad maybe there's going to be a little bit of like evolution here for this character where she's not completely irredeemable and like oh my god did they go in a different direction in this book like that is just it's sick it's totally sick and it made me it was one of those things that made me, it hit a little bit too close to home. I think in terms of like what the world just experienced with the pandemic, like elderly people and immunocompromised people like really got the short end of the stick in this. Mm -hmm. And it like, they really took sort of the brunt of it. And I think that kind of lack of compassion that we saw in the face of all of that said a lot about our society. So Mm -hmm. seeing that kind of play out, like in this book felt very, it felt very real world and it just made me feel so icky. It was just icky. Yeah. It was between that for me and um, the moment where um, there's that kid who's like refusing to fight. Yeah. And he's like, Axel, take care of him. And it's like, no, like you can't do that. So it's like, it's two equally terrible things. And it it was those things. And also like um, the mother just like, piecing out and she'd be like nope oh yeah figure it out I'm like no (laughs) yeah she noped right out of there didn't she like that was yeah that's cold that she is a cold mother man yeah I mean they they somehow um this book somehow managed to like really take you so much deeper and I'm sure we'll get even more of this in Path of Vengeance which I have not started yet because what is time um but you know, you knew from the past books that like this cult, which is definitely a cult and it's the worst. Um, they're bad. Like, you know that. And then you read this book and you're like, now I understand how terrible they actually are. Um, man. <sighs> yeah, it's not great. It's really no. not great. And these like, it, I think it's, you know, cults kind of operate. I feel like like one of two ways like they're either gonna like try to like exploit your strengths Mm -hmm. like you as like a follower Mm -hmm. or your abilities or they're gonna like squash them down and eliminate all evidence of individuality to turn you into like this empty shell of a being that they can mold into whatever they need to be and like that's like the innocent side almost of like a cult like Mm -hmm. the other side is like using old people as a shield in a battle (laughs) sticky yeah well there's even a character in this book where you find out um because they're a member of the path and you find out they're force sensitive and it becomes this whole thing where you're like oh like you're the exact thing that you're supposed to hate because you're in this cult and like oh like that's that's bad that's the worst um that that hit me hard too because i'm like oh like He's so angry and so yeah. vicious and so trying to please the mother and, you know, stay up in the ranks and all these things because he knows what he is. And it's the exact thing he's not supposed to be. That's so that I, this book made me so mad. Yeah. It's like that oppression. It's like, yeah. it's like the oppression, the oppression that the cult puts on him and that the mother puts on him and that he puts on himself. It's just, it's sick. It's so sick. But I will say that 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 character gets what's coming to him honestly yeah. i think it was I, I think it was very well executed yeah um his his ultimate fate in this it it made sense yeah <laughs> uh, i just i need 
let's take a moment to remember. We need to, we need to process. <laughs> to remember how, what these books are actually doing to us. Yeah, it's, it's just pain. That's all this is. And it hurts. And we keep coming back for more because apparently we're all sick in the head. So <laughs> it's what we all have in common as High Republic fans. It just works out. I mean, that's why they're making so many more stories mm -hmm. <laughs> because they just know that we're just going to keep, keep consuming all of them. Oh, yep. I'm here for it. Oh. Anything else about this book that, um, really, really stood out to you, made you think, made you hurt, made you happy. I don't know. You know, like the, the relation, I think there's like one really great, or like it's an, sort of an extended, like great action sequence with Yaddle and Yoda. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, if you had asked me like, will we ever get that at some point? Yeah. Right. I've always said like, yeah, that'll probably, that makes sense that we would see them sort of team up and go after somebody at some point, but it was so well done yeah. in this book. I mean, the whole battle itself, I mean, I, I don't know, I haven't like gone through and like looked at the actual percentage. I feel like the battle itself is like one third of this novel. Yeah. It's I could lot. be wrong on that. It feels like a gigantic chunk of it. Yeah. And it just, it doesn't stop. It just no. keeps hitting. It just keeps finding different ways to go. Um, and I like that it's mostly grounded. I like that yeah. it's more mostly on the ground for this battle. I tend to not connect as well with space battles yeah, in star Wars. Yeah. Like it just, is a little bit too hard for me to visualize sometimes. Yeah. So the fact that this was very much like a ground battle for the most part, um, and that we were seeing the different points of view from so many different characters and jumping around so much, like my, my attention span can't take things anymore yeah, as well as right. it used to and yeah. so the structure of this novel worked really really yeah. really well for me yeah. um and getting to like kind of jump around to the different points of view but that like we're Yaddle and Yoda are teamed up like that was such a thrill I'm like yeah. I could see it so clearly I was just like this would be so great to see on screen but I don't even need that because I can see it so clearly listening yeah. and reading this novel it's such a cool sequence yeah yeah, I can't wait because I haven't listened to the audiobook of this book yet. Um, but I've heard very good things about it. And I feel like especially for like those parts or like the last, let's just say third or whatever, however much of the book the battle is, um, I feel like the audiobook would just like enhance the experience um a lot. And uh sometimes you need that. Like, especially like I think I don't know if I would have gotten through the alphabet squadron books if it weren't for the audiobooks because that's like all space fighting and yeah that's very hard to follow um so yeah, yeah. yeah. i'm in the same boat with um the alexander freed stuff and and mm -hmm. with thrawn some of these like the thrawn stuff yeah. i it's so much detail yeah. and so much intricacy that yeah. like it i get bogged down in it yeah and doing the audio where i could like you know, you tend to like, sometimes you tune out a little bit when it comes mm -hmm. to audio, but yeah. it happens to all of us. Yeah. It actually helps. I think yeah. in some of those situations, mm -hmm. like otherwise I'm not getting through that book right. without it. So yeah, yeah I, I'm totally in the same boat. Yeah. I think for me, like, I, I think this was especially true with some of the Thrawn books is like the sound effects in the, um, the narration and the music, like really mm -hmm. helped me like focus in on those parts where like a lot was happening because it feels a lot more like almost like you would be watching it and the same kinds of things would be happening. Um, yep. It's super helpful. So if you're, if you're out there and you've never tried Star Wars audiobook or an audio drama, cause there are those two, um, highly recommend, you know, audiobooks don't work for everybody and that's fine. Um, but I say, give it a try. Cause I think, uh, I think they're worth it. I, most of my reading at this point is audio because that's just, it saves a lot of time is really the only reason, but we have that in common. I do. I do mostly audio as yeah. well. It's actually sort of rare that I would actually read one of these yeah. books. And, uh, I did read, um, cause I was so eager to get through it and the, the advanced reader mm -hmm. came out before the advanced audio did. Yeah. I was, I did physically read this book and it really does make a lot of a difference for me. Like I physically yeah. read, um, uh, fall the fallen star mm -hmm. as well. And I think it just made, I think it made a lot of difference. So I really yeah. wish I could visit. I wish I could actually read. Yeah. I had the time to read all of these. I just don't, and I'll never get through them if I don't right. do the yeah. audio. So, you know, we, yeah. we all, we do what we can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. Well, cause audiobooks you can listen to them ideally while you're doing other things or while you're driving or whatever else 
you're doing. And it just, it helps a lot. Um, man, if I could have the time to sit and read physical books more, um, I would do that, but here we are. Yeah. Right. I'm like, I would exactly. But I'm like, yeah, I can look when I'm doing dishes or when I'm Mm. getting ready in the morning, when I'm commuting downtown on the train, like it, it, it's just, there's no way I'm going to get through without (laughs) without it. So it works. And yeah, audible has been it's been a lifesaver, honestly. Like the fact that you get those sound effects and you get the music, yeah. like it just enhances the experience in a way that it always surprises me when people are just like, oh, I, I can't do the audiobooks. I'm like, have you tried? Like, yeah. it's just, listen, read the book, sure. But then like, go yeah. back and listen to it. If there's one yeah. that you really liked, mm-hmm. like try listening to it. I promise the experience is like, it, it'll be a different experience yeah. and it'll hit different. It's great. Yeah, it really is. Highly, highly recommend. <laughs> All right. There's still, as we talked about before, a lot of High Republic to come. Um, this book is technically not even the last book in phase two. And then there's still phase three. And there's some, there's short stories that are coming out before phase three and some thing called the Night of Sorrow, which you still don't know what it is. Um, so that's fun. But um, is there any story or anything in particular, High Republic wise, that you're really looking forward to? I really am looking forward to the aftermath of Elzar and Avar after the fall of Starlight mm. to the point where I'm like, when they said that there was going to be the jump forward, like a year yeah. for phase three, that made me even more eager to get my hands on this anthology, yeah. which I think is going to fill in some of those gaps because yeah. I'm like, that conversation still needs to happen right. where he tells her the exact circumstances of what happened with with starlight and with stellan and with the woman that he murdered (laughs) straight up murdered um that could have potentially saved starlight from falling like that conversation needs to happen at some point and i need to know what her reaction is to it and i am a little bit worried that i'm not going to get that and that they're just going to jump forward and there's going to be this animosity Mm. between the two of them and i don't want that (laughs) i would like to be part and witness the conversation yeah yeah that anthology is going to be really interesting though um especially because we just haven't really gotten anything like that in the higher public yet um and i'm excited to see what they're going to do with it and what gaps they are going to fill in with it um because we don't know exactly where we're starting we know like time-wise where we're starting with phase three but not like what's actually going to be happening um I can't pick one thing. I'm just, I'm just really looking forward to all of it. Um, and kind of seeing like where all of this ends, um, because it, a lot has happened since it started and there's still so much more, especially because phase two was so short. Um, you know, there were only two waves as opposed to three in phase one. So there's, there's a lot still that could happen. I mean, that also means that we could still lose a lot of people, but let's not think about that. No, let's not. not let's not. <laughs> we'll get there eventually. We'll have to live it and it'll be, it'll be painful and sad, but until then let's just, let's just be joyous in Ziri and Fontu's happy <laughs> ending that we get in this book. If anything changes in Path of Vengeance, which I'm sure it will, because Kevin Scott's an evil man like that. <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be devastating. Yeah. I kind of just am hoping that they're not in it but that's not yeah. gonna be the case. <laughs> like, please just leave them alone. Like, don't let Kevin Scott get his hands on them. <laughs> I mean, the best way to protect a High Republic character is to not have them in your story, so. Yes, yes, that's that's exactly right. And you know what's funny is that I was in the exact opposite camp up until now, because when we got Battle of Jeddah, mm-hmm. I thought that that was such a mistake to like not have any Ziri and Fontu mm-hmm. and hardly any Gela content and yeah. no Axel. Like, I was just like, wait a minute. I just came off of like all of these characters and now you're throwing me in with like a whole bunch of new people. Like, where right, are right, these right. characters that I'm attached to? Like, yeah. I, I thought that was a little bit of a, I don't know. But so like when naturally when I got this book, I'm going to be totally honest with Cataclysm. I was like jumping ahead periodically because I'm just like, what are Ziri and Fonty doing? What are, what's, what are Gil and Axe doing? Like when we switch point of views, like every once in a while, I'd just be like, mm, no, wait, I'm not, I'm not ready to be done with this yet. Like <laughs> I cheated a little. <laughs> uh, I love that. I mean, you can read a book however you want to. No one ever said you have to read from start to finish, I guess. Right? Like, what sense does that make? Like, why would I do that? That's so boring. (laughs) So 
I used to be that person. This is a long time ago where I used to get a book and I'd go to the last page and read the last <gasps> sentence. I don't, I don't do that anymore. I think was, I'm, I'm sure it was a very short lived phase, but I do remember doing that. And I think back on that sometimes and I'm like, why? why did My sister-in-law did that. She like told me about how she would like open up a book and start reading it and really like it. And then she would jump to that. I'm like, you're a psychopath. What is wrong with you? But I'm like, I, I have no room to talk. Cause I like some, I do it sometimes too, but I like, I did, I don't, I feel like I didn't start doing it until she told me that she did it. And then I felt like it was okay. <laughs> like I needed permission. <laughs> I mean, Hey, every, everyone has their own way of, I mean, there are a lot of Star Wars books. You got to find a way to get through them however you get through them. I mean, no judgment. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <sighs> and here we are just trying to get through it. <laughs> We're doing our best. Not going to read Path of Vengeance before it comes out. Um, that's just, we've accepted it. Um, that's just life. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people have read it though. I'm like, I feel like I'm surprised how many people on my Twitter feed are talking about it yeah. and I'm really I'm really happy like nobody has spoiled anything right. I still have no idea who is in this book and who's not right. like I besides like the characters that are on the cover like I, I'm people are being they're behaving and yeah. I appreciate that well yeah I was really worried about that because with them having it at celebration which was yeah. a long time before the book actually comes out I'm like I'm just hoping that no one just because everyone who has it then is allowed to talk about it. So like, but everyone's been, um, I haven't seen anything either. So um, yay, everyone for doing good. Um, yeah. Yeah. As many as, you know, we see a lot of like, not great stuff in this fandom, mm -hmm. especially on social media. Yeah. But I think at the end of the day, and I, it's hard, you know, to sort of acknowledge this sometimes, especially we're in the thick of like, you know, backlash against literally anything, which feels mm -hmm. like it's happening always. Mm -hmm. At the heart of it, there are really good people in this fandom. Yeah. I mean, I remember at Celebration, like going to see the Mando Mandalorian season three, episode mm -hmm. seven advanced screening. Yeah. And like, I posted on my Twitter, I'm just like, has anybody seen spoilers you didn't want to see? Mm -hmm. Like the, if you're going to Star Wars leaks and looking them up, that's on yeah. you. But like, right, right. <laughs> if you have not wanted to see it and you've been scrolling Twitter, have you accidentally come across anything and people are like no I got lots of responses where people are like no I haven't seen anything people mm -hmm. are like being really good about yeah. keeping it to themselves and I'm like at the end of the day there are there are good people yeah. in this fandom that are just trying to do the right thing and enjoy things the way they want to enjoy it and yeah. I like getting to see that every now and then because yeah. it's definitely not what gets it does it's it's not the thing that gets clicks yeah. and it's not the thing that gets a lot of attention or yeah. a lot of publicity but yeah. at the end of the day there are still good people in this fandom yeah. and I love that. I, I think there are a lot more good than we think because yeah. what we see is the stuff that gets the wrong kind of attention. And it's, it, it's such a smaller segment of the fandom yeah. than I think we think, because that's how social media is. That's how the algorithm is. It'll catch what um, gets people mad and not what brings people joy, which it's not great, but that's why we have podcasts and other things where we can all celebrate the stories yeah. that we like um because i mean my definition of being a star wars fan is liking star wars and talking about the things that you like so here we are imagine that imagine <laughs> getting to sensationalize the positivity <laughs> in something could you even imagine social media could never no never even even i i tried to curate my twitter timeline of course that's all it none of it matters now because whatever but right exactly. I felt like for a while I'd finally found like the perfect balance where like I was seeing the things that I wanted to see and I would see people talking about the things they didn't want to see but I wasn't seeing it and now it's all just falling apart but yeah it's fine yep oh. it's a jumbled mess now but we we keep trucking along and we keep hoping that they'll fix the algorithm at some point it, and we can get back you know. to the good space we used to be in I mean maybe let's hope yeah this has been so fun. Um, yeah. Yeah. I just, I love, I love getting to do this. I love getting to just talk about how much we love Star Wars and Star Wars books and the High Republic and all these things. Um, and I know that you are out there talking about all the Star Wars things you love all over the place. So um, why don't you tell the people where they can find you if you'd like to be found? If not, that's fine. <laughs> 
I love to be found. And yes, I am awfully vocal on Twitter when I love something. And when I don't, I tend to keep it to myself because that's, it's an option that everybody should consider. So if you want to come find me on Twitter, you can do so at shut up underscore Laura. I have the same handle on Instagram, but I tend to not be as active there. Um, But I host a podcast called Force Toast to Star Wars Happy Hour. And the handle for that on Twitter is at Force Toast Pod. Um, And I mentioned my friend Alice, how she and I met doing pub trivia here in the city. And we just kind of needed an outlet for all of that in-depth knowledge and detail of this universe, which led to the podcast, which led to getting involved with the movie Trivia Schmodown, and then me staying involved with the Schmodown, which is where I met John Roca. And now he and I do a show together called uh, The Jedi Way on his YouTube channel. So we just recently reviewed episodes of The Mandalorian season three. And on the most recent episode, we talked about Katie Sackhoff's recent interview with Christian Harloff. And we talked about Tamara Morrison's comments about Boba Fett um, and his would-be appearance in Mando season three and Kino Loy's return in Andor uh, season two. So lots of fun stuff to catch up on. You can find that on YouTube, on John Roca's YouTube channel. Uh, The show again is called The Jedi Way. It has been so great to have you, and I will definitely have to have you back to talk more High Republic because it's not over. There's plenty more uh, to be discussed. Um, Yeah, thank you so much for doing this and for being here. Thank you so much for having me. This is great. I like don't get a ton of opportunity to like really go in depth on books. Like we try to get into it in Forest Toast, but it's kind of just one segment, and we try to cover lots of stuff. So mm-hmm. getting an opportunity to sit and just gab about these books that I love so much has been a real privilege. So thank you so much. Yeah. And if you ever need anybody to talk about books with, I'm always here. If you read more High Republic and you need to vent, I'm also here (laughs) for that too. Likewise. Now This Is Lit is part of the Faraway Fandom Network and is written produced, hosted, and edited by me. Jose Jimenez designed our podcast art. Keep up with the show on Twitter at Star Wars Lip Pod and find the show wherever you get your podcasts. If you'd like to support the show, listening to it is a great start. That's all I'm going to ask of you today. And you already did it. No one listens to the credits. I work very hard on them and I really like doing them. I don't care. Listening to the show is great. If you want to share it with somebody, do that whenever you want. Star Wars is supposed to be fun for everyone. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Even if you're not hearing me, thank you because you've stopped the episode already. Because does anyone else really not listen all the way through? I listen to all the credits. People take the time to record those. It's important. (laughs) I'll stop now. For more book reviews and Star Wars book celebration, you know where you can go? Do you know by now? Because you've been totally been listening to the credits. Follow Star Wars book reviews on Instagram. 